Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody. Well. <laughs> that was eventful. Ten and two. <laughs> I, ten and three, Moose count. I mean, ten and three. I had a shot. I just sent a text to Verderam's wife to let her know that he's going to live three years fewer after that game. By the way, shout out to whoever was in the bathroom and heard Verderam in the bathroom doing his Verderant. There were a few of you. I was, uh, we were talking while we were waiting for a stall, and I, I just, that game, it honestly was like they got up 27 and nothing and went, wait a minute, wait a minute. This, this is going to be over by halftime. We don't stand for that. We're going to make this as difficult as humanly possible and make everybody back home have a stroke. But they won, and so now we're waiting on the Chargers. Look, the, the question is not if the Chargers are going to lose tonight. The question is, how are the Chargers going to lose tonight? <laughs> is it going to be giving up 700 yards? Is it going to be Herbert throwing a pick in the end zone to a nose tackle? Anything's possible. And now we wait and see. Yes, it's been, a, it's been a tough season for the preseason AFC West champion, Los Angeles Chargers. But yet again, it looks like the Kansas City Chiefs are going to take the AFC West, either tonight or someday soon. Um, so you, you were here at the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs post-game show, and I'm very happy to say it is a victory party, boys. Raise your KC beers, boys and girls. The Chiefs are 10-2. 10 and 3, whatever. Why do you guys keep saying that? I, I, listen, man. How many have you had? It was Connor. So he got I, in my I head. You off? He's always messing with Don't me. Don't blame somebody else for your fault. All right. I'm the sober guy. We have major issues. <laughs> <laughs> we, we behaved ourselves. We only drank a little bit during the game. So we're going to be hanging out the whole night uh, through Sunday Night Football. It's going to be a blast. But let's talk about this game. Let's break it down. Um, Chiefs, 34 Broncos 28, that's the final, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, so I, I, we just got to start it off with what the hell is wrong with Patrick Mahomes? He was equal parts brilliant and brain dead in this one. 
what in God's name is happening with him, Verderam? Thanks for asking me that. Uh, I, look, <laughs> it's on camera. I mean, I think, I think you, know, you look at each pick. The first two were bad decisions, but also great plays. And I think he tried to fit the ball into tight windows, windows that didn't really exist, obviously. Um, the third pick was insane. Like, that's a ball. I don't care. You could throw that thing 50 rows deep. I don't care. You kick a field goal there, you win the game. Like, that game's done. You're up nine points with whatever it was four minutes ago. Right. That ball just cannot be thrown. I mean, if you're going to unload a ball late across the middle, it's got to be a guy who's wide open. Who Either he's going to catch it or he's going to drop it, and that's the worst-case scenario. So, look, they have been sloppy all year. They've played 13 games. They have 11 games with a turnover at least. They have to clean it up. And I think today you get up 27 nothing, and that's when all this crap starts. You've got to play better than this. I mean, look, I'm happy they won. Everybody here is happy they won. This is, this is not a game you walk away from feeling great. And I don't want to hear in the post game, Andy Reid and the defense talking about how great they play. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that, well, they got to win. It's a tough place to play. You're up 27 nothing. Denver stinks. It was not a hard place to win. You should have won the game with 30 points. That said, they did win. Didn't appear anybody got seriously hurt. So the Chiefs move forward. Now they play the one-win Texans, which we'll see how interesting that game is next week. Let me ask you guys. The Broncos' offense, correct me if I'm wrong, outscored they did. the Chiefs' offense. They did. They did. Absolutely. Is that a bigger indictment on the Chiefs' offense or the Chiefs' defense? Because this is a Broncos team, came in averaging 13.8 points per game, giving up only 17 per game. So if you want to take it on either side, the Chiefs' offense did more than they should have, and the Chiefs' defense gave up more than they should have. I mean, Wait, How do you look at this? I, to me... If you said you got to, like, pie chart it, I think it's, like, 60% on the defense. Now, Mahomes made three horrendous throws that cost him. But let's also be honest. Like, just because he throws a pick, as bad as they were, as egregious as they were, that doesn't mean that you just have to give up seven points on it and every time he throws a pick. Like, get off the field. Get off the field. At some juncture, you are also paid. In fact, I'm pretty sure their defense has a higher cap hit than the offense. Get off the field. And over and over, they can't make a play. Jerry Judy's wide open. Like, yes, Mahomes put them in those positions at times because of the picks. But also, like, you're in fourth and goal at the seven with Brett Rippon. Forcing completion. Like, that's what you're paid to do. Right. So I blame the defense more than the offense, but I blame them both. So I have a question for Matt Connor here. We always talk about the Patriots dynasty, right? That's always the, the goal. Every team wants to live up to the Patriots dynasty. We feel like the Chiefs are the next team in line. They never won every single game 40 to zero. There are a lot of ugly wins when the Patriots continuously went to the playoffs and then to the Super Bowl. Is this a game where you chalk off and say, well, the Chiefs played horrendous but found a way to get it done? Or there are so many question marks that you leave this game going, this does not feel like the same win that you can chalk off the Rams win. I, I, don't, think the, you know, I don't think the Chiefs played horrendous. I don't, I don't think you can say that today. I think the Chiefs had several drives where things were very questionable, decisions made were odd. Denver has one of the single best defenses in the entire NFL, the best secondary, hands down. 
that came into play. It came into play, of course, after 27 points. So you can say that. But in some ways, that, that's got to get credit. In some ways, a defense that was gassed because the offense kept forcing them to go back on the field, like that's got to get some credit. So I, I think in some ways, we're, we're, we're really overlooking. If there's anything here to talk about, it's that Russell Wilson actually looked effective on some drives. It's that Denver had like four passing touchdowns when they had eight all season, like Matt said earlier. I mean, like, like what do you do with that? The, and, and the other thing too, the Chiefs came into this game with negative four turnover differential. The only other time any Andy Reid team in Kansas City has had it like that is 2014, and they didn't make the postseason that year. The only so, year they haven't made the postseason. Yeah, the only year they haven't made the postseason, they had a turnover differential like they have right now. So it's, that to me is scary because that means they're not going far. It's just a really uneven game from the Chiefs. I mean, if you told me that they were going to gain 431 yards of offense against the Denver Broncos defense, I would have been doing backflips before the game. But what concerns me is we know the offense is dynamic. We know the offense can move the ball on any defense in the NFL. So why are we here? Why are we here if they scored, if they racked up over 400 yards of offense? And it's because of bad decisions by Patrick Mahomes and bad decisions by Andy Reid and the fact that their defense isn't any good. Right now, it's just not any good. But but we're also here because we're also here because Patrick Mahomes is that good, right? I mean like yes. yes. Like we literally saw him in the first half throw a pass that made all of us like like I willed my firstborn to him in the first right, half right, after right. watching we that pass. Gasped. Yeah. We Look, audibly gasped. That's not going to happen <laughs> like Mahomes isn't going to throw three touchdowns maybe, you know, again this season or uh, three interceptions again this season. So it was a weird it was a weird game for him, but he's been doing this throughout the course of the season where he throws one inexplicable interception that you're just like, what the hell was he seeing? And he threw two in this game. That last one was maybe as bad of a decision as I've seen Patrick Mahomes make since he's been a chief. So he's got to clean that up. I think he will. I'm not worried about Pat. I am worried about some of the decision-making from Andy Reid, and Matt pointed this out. When they were on, what, when they got that penalty, and it, was, it would have been third and 24, and the Chiefs accepted the penalty to make it like third and 30 or whatever, or second and 30, and then the Broncos end up scoring a touchdown. Like, what are you doing? Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Again, again, like, look, I obviously I made that point at the time. Get off the field. Like, it's second and 34. You can't stop them. And then you get the fourth down. Right. It's just, it, again, 
I am I am not the guy at all who's like they should fire Spagnolo. Honestly, if this doesn't stop, they, they really should make take a look at it. I mean, they, at, at the end of the season, not now. It, is end it Bob Sutton esque? Where I mean, it's, like, it's getting to the point well, where it's almost it's just predictable. They, 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 they went far. They went time. relatively far with Sutton, right? They with went, the Ashton Thompson. Yeah, but it's starting to feel the same with Spags. I think Spags is more of the pedigree, right, with the Giants, right? right. But we're starting to see some of the same. Things I mean, ring true. It's not necessarily been dope break, but there's enough talent on this defense between Chris Jones. They should be much better than they are. Much better. It, it's, it's honestly, it's a clown show defensively, week in and week out. I, it is just, and, and look, they did some good things today. I mean, how many, well, they have six sacks. You know, they, they had two picks. They, they scored a touchdown. I mean, they did some things, but I don't, those things get overshadowed by giving up 28 points to a Broncos team. I'm not kidding. That takes him a month. Like, you're up 27 to nothing. I don't care if Mahomes is out there throwing the ball on purpose to the other team. Like, you've got to get off the field occasionally, force a three and out, force a field goal. They can't do it. And at some juncture, you look at this. I mean, they gave up more points this week than they did to the Bengals. Like, it's crazy. Yes, some of that is on the offense with the picks. There's no doubt. But a lot of it. Is you've got you're paid to get off the field, get get a pass breakup. You know, Trent McDuffie has been very good this year. Don't tackle the guy forty yards downfield on third down. Like, turn around, make a play, make a play on the football. You've mentioned this all season long, Verderam. The Chiefs have been in zone coverage defensively way more than at least you would like. I think that yes. I would like. Yes. What do you think the reason is behind that? Is it a case of these guys are young? Is it a case of Trent McDuffie is a smaller cornerback? They don't necessarily trust him going up against these bigger-bodied wide receivers. In your estimation, why do the Chiefs play so much zone coverage? I think they. I think Spagnolo has never been a guy who likes to play youth. He has to right now because of the, the composition of the roster. I think. I think Spagnolo at times is scared to death to put them in man-on-man situations, but. I think the corners are the strongest part of the defense right now outside of Chris Jones. Concurred. I, I mean, put him in man, let him cover. I think you have to. Like, at this point, but that, but, you know, and I, I said that about Cincinnati, and I had a lot of people in the chat and, and comments on YouTube be like, well, you can't just play man. That doesn't mean single cover everybody. You can, you can roll your safeties to bracket these guys. Like, you can double team Jerry Judy in man coverage. The idea that you just can't do that and the guy's just one-on-one day and night. Like, cover him. Make Kendall Hinton beat you. Belichick is famous for putting his number two corner on the other team's number one receiver and doubling the guy. And then putting his number one corner on their number two receiver and taking him out of the game. I it, The Chiefs all too often feel like defensively they had absolutely no idea who was good on the other side of the ball. They get into these games and it's almost like they literally have no idea. Like, Oh, wow, Jerry Judy's pretty good. Did you watch film all week? Who did you think was going to beat you? You knew Sutton wasn't playing. The Broncos told you that Wednesday. It's just, it's bad. For, look, they won the game. They are a loss tonight away with the Chargers from winning the division. Nobody's saying they can't win a Super Bowl. But, like, you ain't winning one like this. Or the way you played last week. I mean, it, at some point, stop turning the ball over and play some defense. This isn't that complicated, and they just they, they can't focus and do it. What do you guys have to say about their refusal to run the football? I mean, and that's what concerns me about 
when they get into the playoffs, the decision-making from the coaching staff is why I don't have confidence or as much confidence as I'd like to in this team. Isaiah Pacheco was averaging over five yards a carry in the first half. I believe he had nine carries. He finished the game with 13 carries for 70 yards, a 5.4-yard average. Meanwhile, Mahomes is throwing the ball over 40 times in a game where you have a massive lead and you had a running back who was averaging over five yards a carry when you should have been running the ball to try to ice away the game. Sterling, talk to me, man. Like, what, what are they thinking? I was telling Verderam the entire night it's because it's not sexy. It's not sexy. Running the football for four or five yards is not, it's not fun. It's not enjoyable. When you throw the ball for four or five yards, what happens? You go, oh, that's a nice play. You run for four yards. What, what, do, you, what do you say? Eh, yeah. Why didn't they throw with Mahomes? Andy Reid feels like he gets in this mindset where it goes, that's not sexy. That's not fun. What can I do to spice things up? Be a long-term marriage. Do missionary. It's okay. Like, just not run the fucking it. football. Not I get so it. frustrated. Run the ball for four or five yards. It's not a big deal. Like, they were having these open. It was there for the taking. It was there. And they would not do it. We saw it in the Bengals game in the playoffs. We've seen it time and time again with Andy Reid. And I do believe it's because it's not sexy. It's not fun. How can I be the smartest guy in the room when I'm running the ball? Do we need to send you down to the sideline so that Andy has something sexy to look at and then apparently, apparently. the enemy can just call runs? I... But like, <laughs> huh? See? The ladies in the house agree with me. I'll do and, it. You know, maybe he's just not looking in the right... Like, Kenny Chesney found someone who thought his tractor was sexy. Everything is sexy to someone. If he would just run the ball, maybe we would start to swoon, and then he'd go, oh... This is sexy enough. I just didn't know it. So there's some good things happen in this game. Mahomes, 28 of 42 for 352 yards. Who stood out yeah. to you, Matt Connor, as, yeah. as pl having played well? Hey, look, uh, just last year, we saw Jarek McKinnon. You know, Jet McKinnon came in in the postseason, had 300 and what? Yeah, 315 yards, I think, from yeah. scrimmage in the last postseason. I and mean, that was against the Bills, that was against the Bengals, that was against, who else? Pittsburgh, that we played last year in the right. postseason. So the fact that we saw him again become, you know, he, what he, he went for like between 150 and 200 in yards from scrimmage today. It seems like he's like rounding back into form right about the time where the Chiefs started to learn how to use him last year, too. I think that's going to be something to watch down the stretch. Like, I just think. Somehow, it takes him a little while, or it takes the offense a little while to learn how to use him again, whatever it was. But, yeah, he's looking the part. He's ready for the postseason. As for the rest of the roster, who knows? <laughs> a great day for Jet McKinnon. Seven, he was a Chiefs leading receiver in this one. Seven receptions for 112 yards, uh, two touchdowns on nine targets. He also toted the rock six times for 22 yards. Not as impressive for a 3.7 average. How about you, Sterling? What stood out to you? It doesn't have to be a player. It could be play calling. What'd you like? I think some of the screen passes that Andy Reid drew up were actually impactful. We saw one or two late that did not go Kansas City's way, but earlier on in the game, we saw a couple third and fours, a, you know, a third and ten. What did they pick it up with? 
It was a screen pass. Yeah. I think that was really impactful. I think Isaiah Pacheco was incredibly good in this game. I just wish they would have gave him the ball more often. He was, what, 13 carries, 70 yards. I just love the way he runs. And it's funny, as a guy who is very analytical, I typically think passing is the way to get the ball moving, yeah. right? I think it's just more efficient. Isaiah Pacheco in this game was so efficient on the ground. The way he was picking up yards, I almost wish they would have gave him the ball more often. Yeah, and he only had a long of 10. You know, so he was just going in there and getting five yards a clip, five yards a clip, five yards a clip. Vertoram, what did you like from this one? That it's over and that they won. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, look, I like when Pacheco runs the football. They don't do it enough. Um, I mean, the Mahomes throw to McKinnon was one of the most ridiculous plays you'll ever see, so that was fun. Um, I thought, on the whole, their pass blocking was excellent. I mean, I thought Mahomes had plenty of time to the ball most of the game. Um, and they had success, you know? I mean... That's got to be said. But, you know, there, look, there, was, there was a lot of things on its own. You can really like they had two picks in the game, they had a defensive score. Uh, but, you know, when you're up 27 to nothing, it's a team that it takes them a month to score a touchdown. And that turns into a, a sideshow. You know, I, I think you take that good and you're happy with it, but you also counterbalance it with they could have very easily blown an outrageous game to Denver. Um, so I would say Pacheco. D-line getting six sacks. Mahomes, his highlights. But he overall played a bad game. McKinnon, McKinnon was terrific. Um, they ultimately did just enough to win. I wanted to ask you guys, if Russell Wilson doesn't get hurt, do the Chiefs win this game? I can't like, believe I'm even asking you. Yeah, that. I don't even know. what. I mean, like, are we smoking right now? What's going on? Right. I think the answer is probably yes. I think they still would have won. But, they, I mean, because I, I, I don't know, frankly, that Rippon looked any different than Wilson did, really. I mean, they looked at the same guy. I, but, I, again, I think at some point here, like, you got to make a – you've got to be better at this. And they – when is the last time – and I'm not, even ta- I'm not talking about winning, like, by 40 points or something. When is the last time you really felt like for 60 minutes they put a really good effort together on both sides of the ball? Against the Niners. Yeah, 49ers. Yeah. Truthfully. Yeah. I mean, that would probably be the answer. Even that game, you could sit there and argue in the first half. They had two turnovers, and they did everything they could yeah. to, to blow that game. I mean, but I can't, the, the last time the Chiefs didn't have a turnover was the Raiders game. I, it's, That's absurd. It's just unbelievable. And they were not 17 nothing in that game. They, I mean, you, you go from that game to the Niners game, bye week, Titans game, they need everything in the world to just get over to overtime to win it against Malik Willis. The Jacksonville game is pretty close, but they had three turnovers and they couldn't figure out the non-side kick was coming. The Rams game was ho-hum. I wouldn't say they were. They were just kind of, eh, it's fine. I'll put them away. But for the talent this team has, there's never the 37-10 game that's just a pounding, ever. But it's always difficult. I guess my question would be, how much of this is the NFL. They're so some, good at some. having parity. The Chiefs are 10-3. and three. Again, we've mentioned it. They're, they're about to lock up the seventh straight AFC West title. We have all these complaints, and I do think for good reason, right? I, I don't think it's unfounded, but we're acting as if this Chiefs team is 500 or fighting for a playoff spot. Right. And the Chiefs are 10-3. and three. Is some of this just the NFL parity? Like, 
the Broncos went out. They they were known for having a very good defense, a decent offensive roster. They brought in what was at the time a top 10 quarterback. We now know Russell Wilson is not that, so that obviously plays a factor. Sure. Is parity part to play here and why I we mean, think the Chiefs should be winning yeah. 30 to 10 yeah. instead of squeaking by in games? Yeah. I mean, yeah. somewhat, but also, okay, yes, parity is a thing that matters in the NFL and it does exist. When they play tight, tight games like against the Chargers, I think that's a great example of it. Chargers aren't as good as the Chiefs, but they're, they're good enough that they can challenge them and threaten them and potentially beat them. When you play a team like the Broncos and you score 34 points, how do you not blow that team out? How do you not blow that team out? How is it not a 20-point win? You know, and also, look, let me say this. It would be different if they were up like 34-7 to 7 and Denver tacked on like two garbage time touchdowns. It's different. That was not what happened in this game. The Chiefs were holding on for dear life for the entire second half of the game. I feel like when you watch some of these other top teams, like you watch the Eagles. The Eagles hammer teams, man. They don't let these teams hang in these games. They don't screw around. They bombed Tennessee. They killed the Giants today. And I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to do it every single week. Look, teams get up for the Chiefs because the Chiefs are a lot of teams' Super Bowl. I get it. But Denver, down 27 and nothing, you can't polish that off? Right. I mean, how is that a football game? I, I agree. But just putting it, the Broncos have actually had, if you want to even make it even sadder if you're a Denver fan, an extremely easy schedule. Yeah. Look, looking at relative playoff teams, they lost to Seattle by one, right? Yep. They beat the Niners by one. They lost to the Raiders by nine. Lost to the Chargers by three. Lost to the Jets by seven. They've not necessarily been blown out of games outside of one game, which was actually, I'd probably say, the Panthers 23 to 10. Right. It's not like the Broncos get blown out of games. Which is incredible because half their team, it's like a mash unit over there. But, like, but see, I, I hear you. But again, these other teams, you just pointed out, and you're right, they played a very easy schedule. They played the Chiefs today. And the Chiefs hung 34 points on them. Like, how is that a football game? That's the problem I have with the Chiefs. It's always a fight. It's always, you can't. And I also have a problem with the way they're coached. To be very blunt, I have a big problem with the way they're coached. That defense today was just completely unaware Jerry Judy existed. He's the only guy in the team that can do anything. Like, I understand that if Sutton and Patrick are there and it becomes like, hey, well, Judy's a guy this game. Okay. Yeah. That's like with the Bengals. You have Chase, you have Boyd, you have, you have Higgins. Like, somebody's going to get open. Yeah. I, I get that. This team had the four of us and, and freaking Jerry Judy. Like, you can't cover the guy? You can't, you can't minimize that? And then you look at the offensive side of the ball. You're up 27 points. Don't run the ball, completely careless. And that's on Mahomes as well, by the way. Like, careless is all get out. And it just goes and goes. And, like, okay, the one turnover, okay, fine, fine. It happens. Fine. Then they do it again. Like, they just have zero. Bit. And then the third pick, you know if you kick a field goal, the game's over. You're in field goal range. He throws it right to, to Joel. Like, why are you even throwing the ball there? You've been running the ball. Run it. Make him call timeout or kick or, or, or run 45 seconds off the clock, kick the field goal, and if Butker misses and it's on Butker, he's got to hit that kick in Denver where the altitude is going to make the ball go 70 yards. That to me is the crux of this. And against Denver, it didn't matter because they won. That's a halfway decent team. They lose that game. Yeah. That game ends up in a horrific loss. 
So look, be happy they won. Hopefully we watch the Chargers be the Chargers tonight, which I'm sure is going to happen. Okay, But I'm sorry. I can't be ecstatic that they beat Denver by six points after they're up 27 to nothing. I just don't think – I don't think I'm quite on board with the level of overall talent that you think this team has. Okay. That's fair. I think there's holes in the – I think there's holes in the trenches – I think there's major issues at tackle. I think the secondary is more potential than production. Um, I just I think they also happen to have the best player in the game. And so can, can I give you? I'm sorry. Can I just give you two quotes right here that the Chiefs just put out? Andy Reid just now for the podium. I thought our defense played hard and tremendous today. Okay. And then on Mahomes, every quarterback who played who's played in this league has. Sorry, every quarterback who's played in this league a while has a game like that. Okay, then follows it up with, if you take out the three interceptions, he really had a heck of a game. That is the absolute I mean, worst quote. That's like if I said to my, when I go to the gym, if I said to my trainer, listen, how'd you eat this weekend? Well, you know what? If you take out those three birthday cakes I ate, right. not bad. Yeah. What the all, hell are you talking about? He three goddamn interceptions. Like, you can't go up there and, and then the defense played a tremendous game. My answer to that is, what is the bar for a bad game? Did they give up 50? Did they have to hold hands and run into the end zone with them? Like, what, what would have qualified for a bad performance defensively today? That's why there's no accountability with that defense, ever. Ever. It's, it's just it's incredible. Well, you have a good stat for you here. Most wins versus a single opponent without a loss in the Super Bowl era. Mahomes joining some good company here. Uh, he's now 10-0 against the Broncos, ties him with Tom Brady, who's 10-0 against the Falcons, which is hilarious because he played most of his career in New England. John Elway, 10-0 versus the Patriots, and he's just one behind Andrew Luck, who was 11-0 versus the Titans. So if the Chiefs take care of, if Mahomes and the Chiefs beat Denver on New Year's Day, he will be tied for the most consecutive wins without a loss against any one opponent in the Super Bowl era. It's tough, man, right? Like, we're sitting here, we won, but our expectations for this team are so high. And I think that's what makes it, it's both a blessing and a curse being a Chiefs fan, right? Because, I mean, my God, back when Matt Castle was a quarterback, you would have signed up for this all day, every day. All think, day, every day. Do you think all these people show up if Matt Castle is still the quarterback? No chance. No chance. By we're, the way, thank you guys for coming. Yeah, this you guys awesome. are amazing. Thank you for being this here. This is literally outstanding. Yell, would you be here if Brody Croyle was the quarterback? Oh, God. We've heard a lot less yells. A yeah. lot less yells. We'd still be trying to give away that Brody Croyle goat shirt. Yeah, who wants a Brody Croyle goat shirt? By the way, wherever he's at, Brody Croyle just twisted his knee. Hey, you know what, Brody If you're listening, Brody Croyle, good for you. Good for him. <laughs> a very generous, charitable person, by the way, Brody yeah. Crow. We're having a little fun at his expense, but yeah. Um, all right, so as we look ahead for the Chiefs, this is the second of a three-game road trip for Kansas City, having been on the road to the Bengals and then now in Denver. Next week, they get to play the worst team in the NFL, the Houston Texans. That's a noon kick. On the road in Houston, Verderam, what happens to you if they have another performance like this against Houston? I walk in the street. 
Okay, I, I, I walk in the street and try to hug a car. I, I mean, I, but honestly, does anybody think they're winning that game by more than like 10 points? And I'm not, I'm not saying that like with anybody. I just, I'm serious. Does anybody think they're, like, I think they will win. I think they will beat Houston. I, but think, they, I think they crush them. I you think do? They crush okay. Them I think, Maybe they do. Maybe like, you're right. Not, I hope you're right. The Broncos have the bragging point of at least the defense. And there's something about rivalries that bring out something extra. The Texans should just, it's just a dead fish. It's a dead fish. They'll flush them down the toilet. They don't want to win. We'll feel good about it. Yeah, there's nothing. There's I mean, not even like that every week. I will say they were they were <laughs> a minute away from beating Dallas. Look, I'm Boston. trying to be positive here because look, we're ten and three. We're ten and three, seven. I get it. I get that we want to see a team that looks like they're going to win the Super Bowl every week. When they don't play like it and they barely win, we're like, oh, you can't keep winning that way. But I don't think that necessarily means they're going to play that way a month from now. I think they're going to iron out the wrinkles. I think they're going to rise to the occasion. I don't, you know, we're talking about the most successful franchise in the last like five to ten years in football. I, like, we could talk about any other team and say, oh, they've got these holes, or oh, this game was horrible, or oh, what's Josh Allen thinking with that throw, or whatever. You, and you know what? now we're doing it with the Chiefs. I get that there are the issues. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to give some, some Mahomesian quote to take away, and just like say there's no accountability. I'm just saying, in general. Every team has all these kind of moments. The Chiefs have them less than other teams. The record speaks for itself. And, yeah. You know what? You're, I'm you just not up, leaving here depressed. I'm not. You bring, well, no, you shouldn't be depressed. I mean, like, you bring up a very good point. We all sit here and watch the Chiefs all the time. Now, my job, of course, also entails I watch the whole league. And I do throughout the week. I'll sit there. I'll watch every game on Game Pass. Well, I'm not going to say I'll say every game. Sometimes the Jags don't make it to the TV. <laughs> but I watch most games. Look. You're right. I, I watched, I've watched every snap of Buffalo this year, right? There are things with Buffalo that are concerning. Yep. Allen throws too many picks. Yep. They, you know, they can be run on at times without Miller. I think their pass defense is going to really rely on those corners, which have been up and down. So you're right. Like you could point at a lot of things with every team. The Bengals are no exception. The Bengals have gained their offensive lines a mess. They've lost four they, games. Right, exactly. I mean, they've lost to Cooper Rush and Mitchell Trubisky, okay? You could point to every team in the league and do what we're doing with the Chiefs right now. I think, though, what we're doing is holding them, frank, and I think rightfully so, to a higher standard than we, ha- we hold most teams. Their standard no longer is make the playoffs. Their standard is, is this good enough to get to Glendale in February and win a Super Bowl? Right, and, right. Matt, you're right. They could clean this stuff up, and in a month, they could be gang. But one thing I will say for the Chiefs, when they get to the playoffs, I have full confidence in them that they will ratchet up their game two or three notches because that's what they do. My concern with them is... Habits tend to, be, to, to, to to create the future. And if your habit is two turnovers a game and, and a bunch of mental errors on defense, you'll ratchet the intensity up, but will you ratchet up the actual level of play? Now, now again, they're so good that sometimes it's enough, but you just wonder with them, like, when is that going to happen? Yeah. When is that going to meet the expectation? And, look, 10-3 is a great record. We would all would have signed up for that in a heartbeat. I'm not yeah. denigrating that. I think they're going to win out. But at some point, you do have to button up some of these issues. And I yeah. think that's what we're all sitting there talking I don't about. disagree. I, I will say the difference between the Chiefs this year versus the Chiefs last year, particularly on the defense, which I've gone on the record now saying the defense is bad. They're just not good. They've got some pieces. But right now, right now they're bad, right? That defense last year, there was no upside. 
You had Ben Neiman running around out there. Dan Sorensen, love him. He was cooked, right? And as they were going into the playoffs, you were kind of like, yeah, I mean, just hope Mahomes and the offense can score enough points. At least when I look at this team and some of the changes that they made, I see Isaiah Pacheco and the way he's running the ball. I, they, they now fully know what Jarek McKinnon brings to the table. On the defensive side of the ball, you've got all these young rookies in the secondary. You've got George Karloftis, who's starting to come on slowly but surely. So there's, you know, as Matt was saying, when does it happen? Well, hopefully it happens, you know, right around January, right? But they actually have somewhere to go as opposed to last year where it was kind of like, yeah, it is what it is. Hopefully they can pull it out. They're not going to get worse than they are right now on defense. They can only get better. They don't force turnovers. That's the issue. They're a team that's so scared, and I think that's why they play so much zone. They're so scared of giving up the big play, they won't even try and make a big play defensively. Well, Willie Gay Jr. obviously picked six today. That obviously obviously helped that situation. That was unbelievable. But how often have we seen this entire season them make a big play defensively, whether it's Justin Reed with an interception, whether it's Juan Thornhill with an interception. We haven't seen it. They don't force turnovers, and I do think that's part to play. How much better can they get? They're a team that's almost been don't break. It's not we're going to try and gamble. It's not uh, Trevon Diggs. It's not Marcus Peters. It's the anti of that. They almost need one guy who's a massive playmaker. I think Legereus Sneed tries to be that guy, but they almost need someone who can go, you gamble. You make a big play, try and get the ball. They don't have that. Not yet. Not yet. But I think, I think the talent is there, and I just hope that they grow up in, in time, you know, for, for the playoffs. They've, and the good news is these guys have gotten tons of reps this year. I don't think they can't right? do it. I, yeah. think, I think part the scheme is, is some of the reason. I think the scheme is part the, – the scheme is, hey, don't let Jamar Chase get three plays over 60 yards. It's keep him in front of you but don't gamble. That, 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 that's fair. Um, so as we look ahead for the Chiefs, um, they should win out. They do have a, 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 a sort of tough opponent in Seattle. Did they lose today, by the way? Uh, yes, they lost to Carolina. To Carolina. So Seattle's 7-6. and six. It is at Arrowhead. So the Chiefs have a chance here to win out and make a run for that seed, that number one seed. If you look at the rest of the AFC right now, and Baltimore managed to pull out a win today. They're 9-4, and four, so they're right there. And the Broncos, they're eliminated. The Broncos are officially eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, so the Chiefs accomplished a few things They Won a game and knocked out Denver, which is hilarious as always. Um, but Houston, by the way, in case you are a betting individual, the Chiefs are opening as a 14-point favorite at Houston next weekend. They'll win by four. No problem. <laughs> um, but uh, they are a huge favorite, I'm sure, the biggest of the week. So, listen... Old, and, and the Bills play on Saturday night. They play on Saturday night against Miami in a huge game, obviously, in Buffalo. Uh, and the Dolphins still play tonight against the Chargers. So a lot to keep an eye on, a lot to watch. That said, look, the bottom line for this game as we move forward, the Chiefs are 10-3. and three. Tennessee lost again today, so they dropped the 7-6. and six. They're in the fourth seed. They're going to win the division, but they're not catching the Chiefs. They're three back with a breaker. So the Chiefs, look, the worst-case scenario feels like at this point is a three-seed. Probably going to get a two seed, at worst, at worst. They certainly can still get a one. Um, they're game up on Baltimore. Baltimore holds a tiebreaker on Cincinnati in the north. Um, they will play each other week 18 in Cincinnati for what feels like it might be very likely for the division. 
Um, Chiefs 10 and 3, Bills 10 and 3. The Bills have a hard schedule. Dolphins next week. They still have to play New England again. They still have to go to Cincinnati in week 17 on a Monday night in, in, in Cincinnati. So the Chiefs are not going to be worse than the three. I'd, I'd be surprised if they're worse than the two. Um, overall, their position's terrific and they're healthy. And they're getting Hardman back this week, or at least they, they hope to. So that's great. And maybe Kadarius Tony. Yeah, it sounded like Kadarius Tony was maybe close to playing. So we could be looking at a much more – I mean, those are two of your most dynamic players on offense. Yes. So if you get those two players back, it really opens everything else up. It opens up the field more for Juju Smith-Schuster, for Travis Kelsey, and uh, that's good news. All right, let's give out some arrowheads. we got to do it, even though we're frustrated and annoyed. So Matt Connor, who, do you give an, uh, who earned their arrowhead for you today? Uh, Trey Smith had a hell of a game today. Look at you watching the line play. I'm going Trey Smith. Nice. Love it. The Hogs will love that one. Uh, Sterling, who gets your arrowhead? Jarek the Jet McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon was incredible. Yeah. Jarek McKinnon in this game, it didn't matter where he got the ball, he was going to find a way to get it done. Jarek McKinnon gets my arrowhead, ground, receiving. He's getting in the end zone. Huge game for Jet. Um, I'm going to give it to Juju Smith-Schuster. I said before the game he was a guy that needed to step up for this team. He did it. Nine receptions for 74 yards and, of course, a touchdown. Um, and that was nine receptions on 11 targets. So really good to have him back and, uh, and play him well. Verderam? I take a look. You know what? I would actually – I'll go uh, a little bit off the board here. Uh, Carl Loftus, third straight game with the Shaq. George Carl Loftus has really stepped up. Um, he's playing, but look, I get it was a covered sack a little bit, but he's played much better. He had a pass deflection today. Um, he's really, I, I've said all year on the podcast, even when he had a half sack, like, look, you look at a lot of guys over the course of, of history, really good players, Justin Houston, Chris Jones. Early in their career, first 10, 11 games, they don't have a lot of sacks. It's the, lat, the latter month or so, right, you start seeing that the rookie year, they rack up sacks. He's now, he's got three in three games. So I think you're very happy about him. Um, and then, you know what, I, I still think overall, you know, Willie Gay, he's got he's to get one, right? He made, oh, I mean, yeah. if, if he doesn't make that play, they don't win. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or at least they are, they are fighting for their lives to win that game at the end. So give me Willie Gay yeah. um, and give me Carl Loftus, who's really stepped up over the last three weeks. Can I be cheesy? You're always cheesy. Give me some mozzarella. The fans, thank you guys for coming out. You guys. This is so fun. 100%. Seriously, this is outstanding. We've had an absolute blast all day. It's such a good time. Yeah, definitely earned your arrowheads. And, and, and I think also our guy Richard, our guy Mike, our guy Hunter. Huh? Producer Richard. Absolutely. Who's ripping shots? Come right. on now. Who's I, ripping shots? I do just want to say, you know, to our crew, they, they got a van. They, they loaded it up. They drove out here seven hours from Chicago unloaded all this gear, got in here, got us set up, scouted the location. Yeah. They're running a stream. They've been doing they, like we, you, You've seen us get up and take bathroom breaks. They've been going. Richard, Mike, they've been over there adjusting the camera. Yep. Cannot say enough. Um, and they do it every week for us. These guys do it every week for us. They make it easy for us to try to focus on the content, yep. to try to give you, you know, our Chiefs takes, um, the streams. The, they, they run the Discord for you members. Obviously, you know Richard's in there. He's, he's what made that happen. So shout out to Richard and Mike and to Sean, uh, Sean Daly, who's at home, who's helping to manage the stream as well. 
appreciate everybody for, for everything that you do I, for us. I just want to say I, I completely concur. I mean, we're, we're fortunate enough we're in front of the camera a lot of times. So, like, we get all – people come up to us and give, give me a box of count chocolate, okay? Um, they, those guys are the guys that make this whole thing work because we're all dope. None of us could run a stream. There's no way. In fact, if you follow, you know that Comcast was trying to take me out for two months. Um, so, I, I mean, we're, we're incredibly thankful for all the work that, that everybody puts in behind the scenes. And, and Mike and Richard, who have dealt with this all weekend long, who have been here, who have put in the long hours. Our job's easy. Our job is to watch the Chiefs and then for me to scream at Mahomes when he throws the ball in triple coverage. Um, that's easy. That's given. Uh, by the way, after this stream is done, we're, we're still going to be here. Um, I'm just going to walk around and hang out. And anybody who wants to hang out and talk ball, talk whatever, uh, I will be here all the way through Sunday Night Football. So I'd be more than happy to just, you know, chat it up and, and hang out and have a drink. Hey, by the way, hats off. Tanners, this is a great place for today. Oh, my God. Great place for today. I mean, awesome. hats off to the awesome. staff. We don't live in Kansas City. If we did, we'd be here every week. Thank you so much to the whole Tanner staff. Uh, shout out to Natalia, who was bringing us beer the whole game, right? Show would have been a lot more boring without that. Um, and of course, our friends at Casey Bierko, give them a shout out on Twitter. Cheers to them. They've been incredible. And I will tell you, we were over there yesterday and we were dumping some, 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 uh, some hops and some things. Most into some, of us were dumping. Well, right, I, I always I, I dumped skunk, them. Skunk on the floor. <laughs> you know, Birmingham dumped it, maybe on the floor. I, I missed yeah. about five percent of the bag. Missed yeah, it was yeah. a disaster. That's a, that's why I drink beer and don't brew it. Um, yeah. That is, by the way, though, in all seriousness, that is one of the coolest operations you'll ever see. Yeah. We walk through the whole process with them from start to finish. Um, that is an unbelievable facility, I, yeah. and, and it's a great place to go. We were there. We were there before they opened. And once they opened, every, you know, the World Cup was on. They had all kinds of things on. Brand new stuff on the board that's on draft. It is. It was great. We had, we had multiple beers before it was even 11 a.m. Yep. Um, it was awesome. So if you live in the area, you can get there, get the KC Beer Co. It is top-notch. Yeah, and shout-out to Steve Hawley and Katie Camlin and yep. everybody, Chris, everybody over at KC Beer for what you guys did for us. Um, all right, listen, guys, we're going we're gonna to shut down the stream because it's been going for how many hours have we been going for, Richard? Five hours. Five hours. So we're a little tired, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna ride it out. And, uh, hey, go Dolphins. Let's lock up the AFC West, huh? And we hope to be back, whether it's for the playoffs. I think we're almost certainly going to be here in some capacity for the NFL draft in Kansas City, whether we're doing a live show or not. Well, that might depend on whether or not you make a deposit with one of our cool. sportsbook partners at arrowheadaddict.com. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And again, if you want to hang out afterward, you want to stick around, you got time. I'll, we'll be here. I'll be here. More than happy to hang out, talk football, and, and hopefully watch the Dolphins kick the Chargers' ass. We'll be back at it next week on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday like we always are. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you to everybody on YouTube. Still over 700 people watching over there. You guys are awesome as well. Thank you for all the super chats. You guys are the best. And as always, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.